What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy. And with me, I got a very familiar guest, um, guy that's been around since day one, essentially. One of my first guests on the Up in Flames podcast. We've been going over three years strong. The president of the Off the Ball Network, the host of the Off the Ball podcast, one of the co-hosts of the Get a Bucket podcast. And it's his season right now. I figured, let me get in here. And let's talk a little NBA because he about to get a little too busy for your boy because it's NBA draft season. Yeah. He getting all big and stuff. He getting all big and shit because he on Knicks fan TV a couple times recently. So I'm oh, like, let me grab Chris. Well, let me grab him while yesterday's price is not today's price. But I also know anytime. I might have more time because we don't have pick right now. So you might have more time than you think. Yeah, but you still <laughs> dive into the draft period. You're into You're into all these guys. You're into – you know the draft prospects and what these teams can look like. Um, and I know your analysis will be after the number one pick because we don't even have to debate who the number one pick is because it's going to be Victor Wimbenyama. But before we get into that, we'll be right back right after this. Tell you my problems, meditating my silence. But I keep pushing my pen, rotating my stylus. Brokenness feeling like seeing, not no breath, low dollar. Used to be left on red, now all the girls go holler. Now all the girls go follow. All the fake fans gon' pile up. I need peace to borrow, get that shit right back tomorrow. Somehow all the fans go bravo, smile so much to hide my sorrow. Say this shaky and bravado. I can't hold the frown And once again, we are back. Like I said, I am your host, Mo Murphy, with my guy, Chris LeBron. So, Chris, how you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. You know, you told me to do a show, and I was like, yep, let's ready. I'm ready to talk. You know, uh, like I said, I've been doing a lot of draft stuff, so I haven't even got to do my show and all that, to, you know, hopping on other people's show. But I'm ready, you know. The outcomes of these playoffs are not the outcome I expected, especially out east. But, you know, I'm ready to dive in and talk ball. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. You led straight up into the first thing we want to talk about. I mean, this is the thing that everybody care about. The conference finals is going on, and we got two series where teams are on the verge of getting swept. One of is a LeBron James-led Los Angeles Lakers team, and the other is not the Miami Heat. It is the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown-led Boston Celtics that are on the verge of getting swept. So before I get to pump my chest, before I get to talk my noise, because my team up 3-0 in the conference finals, we're going to talk about the Western Conference. The Denver Nuggets are up 3-0 against the Los Angeles Lakers. So I know you had Denver winning this series um, pretty comfortably. I think you probably, what, took Denver in five, right? You I, didn't really Den- I had Denver in five, yeah. yeah you didn't wrong- really- I'm wrong on the East Coast, but I was, you know, Denver in five was my pick. Yeah, and you you seen it kind of from the beginning. You just felt like, you know, this is Denver's year to at least reach the finals. Um, we'll we'll talk about what we think the outcome could be in the NBA finals um here after we break down both of these conference finals. But Denver's up. Um, and is it fair to say as great as Jokic has been, Jamal Murray has been the best player in this series? Is it fair to say that without knocking Jokic? Because I think Jokic has been playing really well. But I think Jamal Murray has been playing out of his mind. This looks like Jamal Murray in the bubble in the playoffs. And I just think he's probably been the best player in this series, and it's not a knock on Jokic. I think Jokic has been really good, yeah. borderline great. Where I, and, and I think he just kind of has pat, not passed the torch, but he's let Jamal Murray kind of do his thing in this series because if you're a superstar, you want to save yourself for the biggest moments. And when you're able to pass it to your second-best player in Jamal Murray, and you're able to go up 3-0, you're not going to play as hard. And we'll talk about that in the East because I think Jimmy Butler did that last night. You know, in game three, we we're able to see him not play in the fourth quarter. But is it safe to say Jamal Murray's been the best player on the floor this series? Yeah, it's his series. Is this just like Jokic, the first two rounds were his series? This one is like, hey, man, I, I need you. we, we got to take advantage of their guards, especially on the defensive side. You know, and Jamal Murray has shown that he is just – he's dynamic and – we always refer to, you know, Bubble Murray and, and how epic he was in that. And we kind of haven't seen that because of, you know, he tore his ACL. 
you know, I think the year after they missed another then missed the next season and all that. So we kind of haven't seen, you know, the Jamal Murray that we saw in the bubble that made us think, man, this, I mean, is this the next great guard, you know, uh, in, in the Western Conference? And he, he's showing that. He, he's absolutely just torching. What do you got, 37, 37 points the last two games and all that? I think he has 30 in every game so far, if, I, if I'm not wrong. You know, uh, so he, he he's just – it's a series. You know, they don't – Jokic hasn't – Let's let's. I won't say Jokic hasn't been good, but he hasn't been MVP Jokic, right? He he's been good and all that, and especially in the fourth quarter of Game Three, where he what he had seventeen points, you yeah, know, high high double figures he had. I can't think of the top exactly, but and he didn't play great, foul trouble and all that, but he he took over in the fourth. Um, but uh, it's the Jabal Murray series, and you need your you know he needed him to to dominate, and and that's exactly what he's doing, and that's why the Lakers are sitting down three zero in the series, and they've been resilient, you know, unlike. You know uh, the the team we'll talk about who's down three zero in the out east, but the the Lakers are fought, but they just you know LeBron is thirty eight years old. Mm-hmm. He's thirty eight years old. You know for us to expect us for people to expect LeBron to stay on that level is uh, you know we just gotta be realistic. He is an older player. You know um, he's gonna have his moments, but he hasn't shot the ball well. But yeah, Jamal Murray has been special this series, and he's shown he's pro. I mean, off the top of my head, he's probably the best, like five year and up player that hasn't been an all star. If just off the top yep. of my dome, there's a few, you know, Brunson on the Knicks, you know, but Brunson just came on the on the uh, he was a backup. He for just a while, hit so. the scene where we might yeah. be expecting like all NBA yeah. next year. Yeah, all he's on that. Sir. Like I think he's on the next year. We he's expect- on the cusp. He's on the yeah, cusp. Last this year was his breakout year of like, all right, Jalen Brunson on the map. That's a dude. He's mm-hmm. here to stay throughout his prime, but I think next year will be like he's going to make one of the All NBA teams. He's going to make the All Star game. Like I think next year will be where the accolades start matching up with the type of player that we think Jalen Brunson is for sure. Yeah, so yeah, he's up there with Brunson. You know, Jamal Murray. You know, there's a few them, CJ McCollum and all those type of players who are we know they're great, but you know, they haven't been All Stars yet and all that. But you know, Jamal Murray is. Is definitely shown that he can take over games and he he's a special talent when he's healthy. We finally got to see him yeah. healthy this season. And we saw when he's healthy that along with Jokic playing at an MVP level, and you have all your pieces, KCP, Porter hitting threes, adding, you know, Bruce Brown and, and others, this team is very dangerous. And that's why they're up 3 0. And and it's a big, big uh, you know, Jamal Murray's a big reason why that 3 0. It, it's been really fun to watch his, you know, uh emergence this postseason. Yeah, and here's what I'll say. I'm glad you said that, right? I'm glad you said it's been very fun to watch the Denver Nuggets play. You know me, I love LeBron. Would love to see the Lakers on the other side of this, but at the same time, and we'll talk about the East in a second, I don't want to go back to how I felt about the bubble. And you were there. You remember the Lakers played the Heat, and I'm like, ah, do I want LeBron to get his fourth ring? Do I want my team to win? Because I love my team, but you know, with riding for LeBron and the legacy talk so hard, I I need my guy to get his fourth championship. I don't want to see that, and we won't see that. It looks like I'll actually be able to watch the NBA Finals, um, and people can say it's bandwagon or whatever. I I rock with the Heat, but I do love LeBron at the end of the day. Um, But I just, I'm glad you said it's been exciting to watch the Denver Nuggets because, and and here's where I'm going to talk my noise. We ain't even talking Miami Heat yet, but I'm about to talk my noise. So the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat looks like the most favorable outcome to play in the NBA Finals. All you losers, and I literally mean any loser who is talking about they don't want to watch that matchup as an NBA Finals, tell your team to be better. Because if you're talking about narratives, and uh, then you're a casual fan who don't really watch and love basketball in the first place. If you're telling me I don't want to see Denver and Miami, if you don't want to see the best team come out the Western Conference every year, and you don't want to see the best team come out the Eastern Conference every year, regardless of who it is, regardless of storylines, regardless of how I, how they got there, if you don't want to watch the NBA Finals, then don't watch it. Go be a loser. Go watch go watch the hockey, you know, the Stanley Cup. Go watch regular season baseball in June when we don't care. Go watch, catch up on your soap operas for the summer. I don't care. Denver and Miami... I will say, take away the narratives. Mm-hmm. That matchup has a possibility to be the best basketball we can watch. We're talking about team yeah, basketball. Course, yeah. We're talking about 
you got Jimmy Butler, who's who's willing his team to win. And, and I don't even think he's been the storyline of this series against the Boston Celtics. But like I said, we'll get into it. You got Nikola Jokic, who could have possibly won his third straight MVP. You have Jamal Murray, who's playing like a top five point guard in the league right now. You're talking about watching the emergence of a guy that we're going to see. I would expect to see next year if he could play like this all NBA MVP, the same way we just talked about Jalen Brunson. I think Jamal Murray is in that same conversation. And he might even be better than Jalen Brunson, but I really don't care. Who's better out of that? I'm just saying we are watching a guy recover from an injury. And that's another thing. I think with people actually coming back from ACL injuries a lot sooner than we're accustomed to 5, 10, 15 years ago, we expect them to come back and in that very next year be the player that they were Mm -hmm. prior to returning. Where we're really kind of seeing, like, when you come back from an ACL injury, it basically takes two years. It basically takes the year that you're off, for the most part, if you get injured late enough in the season, you pretty much don't play the next year. And then when you come back and play, you're getting into the groove. You're getting into the mode of used to being, you know, uh, getting back to your old self. We saw it with Clay Thompson. We've seen, we're seeing it now with Jamal Murray. But we hold these expectations that when you come back from a torn ACL, that you're going to be that player as soon as you step on the court. We'll give you the 10, 15 games of the regular season, and we expect to be see bubble Jamal Murray again, and now we're seeing it. And I think Jamal Murray's playing at an elite level. I think Michael Porter Jr. has stepped up. I think it's been fun to watch KCP play the way he plays, Um, you know, hit some threes. He had four threes last game. When he went in the first quarter, had none, and he finishes with four threes. I think Bruce Brown has stepped up. So to me, I think we're possibly going to get the best real basketball matchup where there are no narratives. There are no favoring one side. People don't like Jokic. Um, let's be honest. That's probably why Joel Embiid wins, you know, the MVP this year because they. Uh, Mo, Mo, that's exactly why he won MVP. But I'm one of them. I did not want to put Jokic in unprecedented historical waters when he hasn't won the championship yet. I am one of those guys. I did not want to see him win three but straight. That, but that's the crazy part. Is like if he won three straight, he's he, and if he's doing what he's doing now, imagine how much people would have changed. Like he could have done it this year. Like this guy's gonna do with a. The first you two years doesn't mean he would have done do, it, you know? But you don't project what he can do in the playoffs this year. Like, when it's MVP, because it's a regular season award, a lot of people didn't think that Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic would be here sitting up 3-0 and in the Western Conference Finals and getting to the NBA Finals. People thought they were fraudulent. People thought it was, you know, they were the one seed because they were the healthiest team, which I still believe that. But healthiest to me, team, I also they had to prove it. And they have proven it. So now it's like, okay, you're the one seed. You're the best team in the Western Conference. You're up 3-0. You've proven what I thought could be possible, but you had to show me. And now they show me. They're about to play in the NBA Finals. So I think what Denver has done has to be commendable. Now, granted, I do think they had the easy first-round matchup, but that's the award you get when you're the one seed. You get to play the eighth seed, and the eighth seed in the West was Minnesota. It wasn't the Miami Heat. Also, the play-in situation helped them, too, because they probably would have played the Lakers if there was regular 1-8. to eight. So not their fault that they were the one seed and who, you know. It's, it's never their fault. That's what you, nope. you get. You you are allowed to – you get the favorable matchup when you're the one seed. And then you get to go and play the winner of the 4-5 and five seed, which happened to be Phoenix. Um, We weren't sure going into that game that it would be a favorable matchup, but it turned out to be a favorable matchup. Um, and now they're here in another favorable matchup and up 3-0. So I'm just, before we go to the Easter Conference, I'm going to ask you this, Chris. If, and I do not think it happens, let me state this, it will not happen. Teams are 0-149 when down 3-0. So this is the way I'm going to swing the question. Chris, will you lose a lot of hope in the NBA, if for some godforsaken reason the Lakers came back and won this series, I don't think they will. I don't think it will happen. <laughs> but I'm just asking: Will you be on the? I don't think the NBA is rigged like people think, but I think here and there, like I think it's destined for the Lakers to win tonight, extend the series because you and me talked about this off air. If if the Nuggets win tonight and and the Miami Heat win tomorrow, we have two sweeps, and we're talking about. We don't have basketball until next Thursday. We're talking about nine days with no basketball. I don't think the NBA wants to see that. I think they'll allow these teams to get the proper rest and get five or six days off, and we go, and the final game is on Thursday. Both teams get closed out in five, and we get to see like a week off until the NBA Finals. But if what would it, what would your thought process be if the Lakers came back and won? I don't even want to think about it. 
not good for my health if that happens. Bro, I, 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 I lose hope. I've doubted. It. I've doubted. I've. I thought you know the Lakers should have lost to the to the Wolves and the playing and all that. You know, uh, I, I, I that would be crazy if that were to happen. It I would, would be, lose hope in the uh, NBA. I would lose hope. Like I said, I, I don't believe. There's some things I believe in NBA history that I feel like have been rigged. You know, but I don't think the NBA has been rigged in a while since like the playoffs in 2002 with the Kings and Lakers. That was definitely rigged and all that. But I'm not one of those big conspiracy theory you know, people of late, you know, with, uh, uh, that there's a script and all that. I think yeah. if they get swept, they get swept because the nuggets are better and the heat are better, you know, and I if it happens, if there's no basketball for a week. There's no basketball for a week and people catch yeah. up on baseball and the other sports are probably hoping that, uh, you know, baseball, hockey, WNBA, WNBA is just happening. I'm sure the NBA, you know, WNBA would like to get some of that, you know, um, those, some of those fans, you know, to watch in their product. But, uh, yeah, if that happens, I lose all hope. I might not watch basketball for a while. I'm um, gonna tell you, we don't need the Lakers in the finals again. LeBron's had his run. Go worry about Bronny and all that. Maybe retirement, possibly. You know, because you put pressure retired. on your boy. You know, the pressure about Bronny next year. Who's I don't even know if he's gonna be in the NBA draft next year. You know, but uh, uh, if that happens, that's just crazy and all. That. I mean, it'd be good theater. It'd be good theater. You know, like I said, it's never happened in NBA. It's happened in baseball. You know, I know from experience uh, once it's happened to my team, Rio, the Yankees against Red Sox in the conference uh, in the ALCS in hockey. I think it's happened a lot in hockey. I'm not a lot, but like a lot more than it probably enough where it's not. Nobody's. Oh, and 149 enough where like the the last the eight seed. I don't know. I know hockey's changed, so I don't know exactly how. But like the eight seed has beaten the one seed before. I think eight seeds won championships before in hockey. You know, I could be wrong, but I think but. And basketball, this is unprecedented. This doesn't happen. Eight seeds, like in, in out east, eight seeds don't even get to the finals. And so it's a rarity, let alone be up 3-0 maybe, you know. And uh, But I don't think a 3-0 is going to happen, you know. Um, Who's the last seed to get to the eighth seed to get to the NBA? It's the Knicks, right? New York Knicks. And what, 99? But, but that was the strike. That was the um, the, the shortened season. So Yeah, I get that. The, but- the Knicks were really not an eighth seed, but it, they but were the eighth seed. Like, but, they, but they, it, they did it, yeah. It, so in that sense, 99, we're talking about going, we're on 24 years where eighth seed in the NBA has not reached the finals. And we're talking about, and now we're going to transition into the eighth seed because the Lakers were the seventh seed mm-hmm. in the West. We're going to transition to the eighth seed and we're going to talk about in the Eastern Conference. And I'm going to talk my noise a little bit and I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to be real. I didn't think the Miami Heat would be here because me and Kev did a show prior to the playoffs. And I didn't think we were going to beat Milwaukee. Now, after we beat Milwaukee, obviously, I was being realistic while breaking down my team, but still understanding that I'm going to be a fan of my team and I'm going to root for them. But we do this podcast thing where I don't want my credibility. I don't want to be considered more of a fan than I do real. You have you have there's two ways of thinking. I think it's very fair. Like and I listened to that show. Right. Um, And then. You guys were fair. Like it was fair criticism of the team. That's what one thing. Like people are like, oh, you, people doubting Miami is like, no. If you saw like in in basketball, especially in basketball, a team that was so up and down like Miami. If I told you this, you'd be like, yeah, they're gonna get bounced in the in the first round. You just you can't play the way they did and get to that. Doesn't happen, Mo. In baseball, like for instance, the Yankees in two thousand. They lost like eight in a row, seven, eight in a row to lo- to end the world, to end the season, like 87 wins. Like it wasn't a good season. They won the world Series. They just, things start click. Like that's the last time I can remember something you're of bat- this. Ill. You're hot. Your basket. Yeah. Hot like in- that's the last time I can remember, you know, I could be wrong, but that's the last time I can remember like a team who wasn't playing good like that. Go wins. My giants, for instance, too, like six seed, you know, wild we were card. playing great. We were a wild card team and we mm-hmm. went on a run. You know, so like two of my teams, I can remember had run, but it, that's not what you expect. Like if you would have told me, all right, the Giants were going to lose in the first round, you know, in the wild card, I'm like, yeah. If you told me the Yankees were going to lose in the in the in the divisional series, I'd be like, yeah, they're just not playing good. They're not playing good. Mm-hmm. Miami was not playing good, Mo. You know that, and it wasn't Jimmy wasn't doing what Jimmy was doing. He was he was co- not coasted, but he was doing. He like, was you know, coasting, 20 bro. points. That was the right like, word. He was coasting, yeah, bro. He was coast, and then like. 
Kevin Love wasn't looking like Kevin Love, and Bam, we you, you guys talked about it. We're like, you want it? Is is Bam what he is? Like, is he just? Yeah. Is, have we just? Should we have not thought that there was another level? Like this is, and this is a good. Like if if this is as good as Bam gets, this is still a really good player, right? And you guys had that conversation. So like a lot of things you talked about was fair about the Miami Heat. So it wasn't like oh we everybody doubted. It's like we had fair reasons to doubt you guys because the way you guys play it and basketball. If you're not playing good, it's it's just not you're not going and injuries and all that like mm-hmm. and it's just like now you're like this is I don't remember a time in basketball where I seen a team click like like we seen the Warriors do it but that's the they were like a two like they they weren't an eight seed like yeah like even the Warriors like now like they were they were the six seed and they couldn't just click it on like they used to it's like Miami just said oh my god it's the playoffs and let's go like the play in you guys. Lose the first game. We lost the first game to Atlanta. To Atlanta. Where was there a world where after losing to Atlanta, lost to Chicago too, and barely beating Chicago, was I supposed to think, as a realistic fan, take my fan hat off and just understand what my team is? Where was I supposed to think? Because people try and call me, "Oh, you didn't think y'all were going to beat Milwaukee?" Yeah, I joined the rest of the world in that, but I still was rooting for the Heat. I was just being realistic. I didn't think we would beat Milwaukee. After we beat Milwaukee, once we beat Milwaukee, I'm like, okay, we got the monkey off our back. I like us against anybody else. Now that we did it, we beat the toughest team that we'll play. We go on and play the Knicks. I'm like, we got a chance against the Knicks. Like, I think we'll beat the Knicks in six. Maybe it does go seven. But I think to tell me that, oh, we're in a second round series with no shot, I don't, I I definitely didn't see You could have swept us too. Realistically, you you should have probably should have swept us. And that makes you that that made me realize, all right, this team is something something in the water in Miami that they're cooking. Because and then we're guys- talking about being up 3-0. and this is this is what we're talking about. Miami's up three zero right now against Boston. Have we seen playoff Jimmy yet? We've seen him in that moment in Game Two when Grant Williams pissed him off. But you look at his final stat line; he only finished with twenty seven points. Like we didn't see, we have not seen yet. In the Knicks series or the 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 Celtics yeah. series, we have not seen the Jimmy Butler of the first round where he dropped 52 and then turned around and dropped 41 and takes his team into overtime and ends up getting the win. Like, we haven't seen that. But what we have seen is Gabe Vincent dropped 29. We've seen Caleb Martin basically average like 19.8 points per game He's in this series. One, I think he signed like a one-year, one-point, Two Bro, nine. Let's say it's around that. It's it was like one. Everybody on one our person. team, everybody on our team, outside of Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Tyler Hero, and Tyler Hero. We're talking about this with Tyler Hero, and I know Bill Bill Simmons. He, he kind of said what I would say is some. I, I agree with him a little bit. Like I, I agreed with his initial statement, but then when he went to explain it, he went on kind of some bullshit. Because now I'm like, all right, you're trying to shit on Tyler Hero, and you I don't. Case, but he's like, I think this team is better without Tyler Hero, and I say better without Tyler Hero, no. But with no Tyler Hero up to this point, do we have Caleb Martin averaging 19.8 points per game? Do we have Gabe Vincent scoring 29 points in a playoff game in in a game three? Do we have Duncan Robinson stepping up and scoring 20 plus points in a game three? A guy who we sat on the bench and had DNPs in the playoffs who had DMPs for like three straight weeks in the regular season. No, I don't think so. But it's when when your second best offensive player, and I'm talking about from a scoring aspect only, your second best score is out. Guys are expected to step up. Now, I also don't think if Tyler Hero comes back in the expectations that he'll be there for the NBA Finals, I don't think things change much when Tyler Hero comes back. And here's what I'm going to tell you why. Because I think we're asking Tyler Hero to just, hey, can you just be another Max Struess? We don't need Tyler Hero. We just need Tyler Hero to give us Max Struess production and give us another Max Struess. We don't need you to average 20 points a game. We need you to get in where you fit in, get healthy while you're playing, hit a few threes, and and ultimately, I think that'll be good enough. Like I think if you give me another guy who can hit a few threes, maybe give me 14, 15 points a game, with Kyle Lowry stepping up, with Gabe Vincent stepping up, with Max Struess playing amazing, with Kevin Love having some games and some key plays here and there. I give Kevin Love his credit. If he ain't going to do anything, he's going to take some charges and he's going to throw some elite outlet passes. 
Kevin Love gonna do them two things he's really well. He's on bows too. He's doing some. Uh, you know, he he do he's playing like a vet. You know, he has some plays that you're like, yeah. oh, I, I would I would push you, but <laughs> you know that's vet that's vet plays. You know, and that's what you need. He understands his role. Uh, it, as far as Tyler Hero, it, it's it's hard to put in a player like that when you haven't had him essentially for these the whole, whole playoffs. playoffs yeah. The whole playoffs, it's hard to insert him, and especially when it comes down, you're gonna play in the NBA Finals. You know, uh, but uh, if there's a coach that I trust to figure it out, it's that's Spoh, exactly so. say it's yeah. Coach Spo. If coach there's somebody Spoh. I trust who makes Tyler Hero understand when coming back, we don't need you to play your formal role right now. Right now is not to be in a role identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Right now is to get in and be productive for this team to ultimately try and win a championship. And I think if there's a guy that Tyler Hero would do that for, it would be. Coach Eric Spolstra. And I think if there's a leader that Tyler Hero would understand his role for this moment in this point in time, we can figure out in the offseason what Tyler Hero role is going to be going forward. And that might be the starting point guard or whatever for the Miami Heat. And we need you back. You know, if we want to make this run again, we need you back scoring 20 points a game and we need Bam. Yeah, but we figure all that in the offseason. Right now, it's not the time to have a role identity crisis. And I think there's two people that Tyler Hero would do it for understanding them as a leader, respecting them as a leader and as a coach. And I think it's Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I think if they were able to sit down and they're going to have these conversations with Tyler Hero, understand, look, bro, we do need you, but we don't need you in the role you were prior to getting injured. But we do need your presence. We need you to hit a couple threes and spread the floor again so that yeah. Gabe Vincent could get his shot, so that Max Struess can get his shot, so that Duncan Robinson could come in here and hit a couple threes because everybody else has shown they were capable enough to win some games without you. And I think he will do it for the greater good oh, yeah. to win the championship. He already got his bag. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not worried about him playing to get a bag. He already got his bag, which I think is another good thing is if Tyler Hero was on a contract year, going into the NBA finals, trying to show how much he deserves to get paid. I think his role, he doesn't accept it as much, but he already got his bag. And you haven't been in trade conversations right now because nobody's talking about trades with Miami. I know they're saying, well, Dane could end up in Miami. I know the possibilities are like, hey, would the Heat go after Joel Embiid? But what they're not doing is because we're still currently playing. You're not seeing a lot of trade packages of trying to upgrade a Miami Heat team who's up 3-0 in the conference finals, which is gracious because you're seeing this with Boston. What can they get for Jalen Brown? You're seeing this with the Lakers. We're already talking about, I mean, Brian Windhorst gets on. And he's talking about Kyrie Irving to the Lakers already and what it would cost. And they could keep Austin Reeves, but they can't, couldn't keep Rui. Or if they want to sign Kyrie, and we'll talk about that in a second, but if they want to sign Kyrie, they could keep mm-hmm. one of Reeves and Rui. And do they decide to get Kyrie? Does LeBron help You know, um, make that decision? Does he help influence that decision? But when you're talking about Miami, you're talking about a team who they're so focused and the media is so focused on them playing for a championship that all that outside noise, all the possibilities that the offseason can bring that basically what 28 of the 30 teams are focused on right now. And I add the Lakers and Boston into that because they have possibilities of making some offseason moves. Nobody talking about that with Denver and nobody talking about that with Miami. And even still, when we see teams like a Miami heat who run it back with the same roster their, their fan base is a little skeptical. We didn't make no upgrades. We lost Jay Crowder. We lost P.J. Tucker. Like, we lost some guys, and we're like, damn. And we didn't really replace them. And we think, like, okay, we signed Caleb Martin, and we have a Gabe Vincent. We have a Max Struess. But, you know, this goes back. I said it on your show last week, Chris. Like, heat culture is a thing. It is, and we hate it. Like, people, yeah. if you're not a Heat fan, you absolutely hate it. If you're a team who's tried to rebuild and never was able to rebuild, right, and not to diss your New York Knicks, but I think they're now finally coming around of rebuilding and they added Jalen Brunson. Now they have a direction they want to go and they got to figure out, I think this is one more offseason to figure out some things and then we'll fully commit to a direction. But you're seeing the Miami Heat who just have been able to do it. Eric Spolster is the only guy who has kept his job post-LeBron and has he's done everything but won a championship. But Mo, you know, you know what it shows too that you don't need a big three. That you definitely don't need a big three, and you might not even big big two. If you just if you have that guy who has that that dog in them, right? And Jokic has that, 
Jimmy has that, and you build a good team around it, you don't need to go gut your roster to go get that second or third guy. The way we see teams. Denver and Miami both have, they got a superstar. And I say this, Jimmy Butler in the regular season to me is not a superstar. I've said this multiple times. But I said come April, May, and maybe June, and, and we're about to see him in June again. We've seen him. Well, we didn't see him in June in the bubble, but we've seen him in the scenario of what would have been June. In April, May, and June, Jimmy Butler turns from, he goes from, you know, 23 points a game to giving you 30-plus a game. Uh, He goes to full-blown superstar mode. Jimmy Butler in April, May, and June is a top-five player in the NBA, but he coasts through the regular season, so we don't see that. But what you see is Nikola Jokic is back-to-back MVP, could have been three-time in a row MVP, and you surround them with a bunch of guys who are either A, very good, like a Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray and Bam, I think, are in the same boat as far as, I know Jamal Murray's a point guard, so it looks a little better, but we're talking about a borderline all-star. Could make the all-star team any given year. Bam Adebayo has made an all-star previously. Jamal Murray hasn't, but like I said, I think we see him next year being all NBA and, and, oh, and being an all-star. He's gonna have to, you're going to have to bump it, especially if Dame goes out east. I mean, that, that now you got an extra spot available. So, you know, and if, you know, that's definitely going to help him out a lot. But like you said, team, it's all about team building. And you said Jimmy steps up when it matters most. And it's just crazy how he could flip because Jimmy's, we don't, Jimmy's not that type of player where he has like God given ability, right? Like where he, he could just go off. He's not LeBron, KD, you know, everything. Like he's got to work for it. And you appreciate that because you know, that means he just, you know, he's put it in the work. And that's what, you know, it's crazy. I never was a Jimmy guy. Like when he was in Philly, couldn't stand, maybe because he was in Philly and I couldn't that's stand not, it. Exactly and, Minis- and Minnesota, like I just, I've never liked Minnesota. It's just Minnesota. Like he's it's, been in scenarios outside of being in Chicago. Yeah, he's been in scenarios gross. that will make you not yeah. believe what he is because yeah. like you're, you hate Philly. The bubble sold me on Jimmy. The bubble was like that, that, that moment where like, he he's he's just exhausted and he just willed his team to a game, you know, to a game six and all that. But definitely I started year after. Now I'm a Jimmy guy. Now I'm full Jimmy. Like, cause you, if you don't have a guy like that on your team, I don't think you could win a championship. Like we talk about the Warriors and like it's always Steph, it's always Clay, and it's so it was KD, right? But if they don't have Draymond. They don't have that guy, that that intense guy. Like, yeah, he, maybe he goes a little too far. But if you don't have that guy like that, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to win a championship. If you've yeah. got a couple dogs on your team, Toronto yep. had some dog. Like, yeah, they had Kawhi, but they had Lowry, who was a pit bull. They had who stepped up big in that playoff yeah. run as well. You know, so if you don't have those guys, it's hard to win. And that's why we're seeing Miami. That's why they're up 3-0 on the Celtics. Because the Celtics don't have that guy they don't they're too suit they're too they're they're two stars don't have that in them we got Jalen Brown flaunting he doesn't even want to be in Boston looks like he's pouting sometimes he's not engaged Jason Tatum's trying to get to that superstar level but he's not scoring points in the fourth quarter what is this you know 2011 LeBron against Dallas like bro he's crazy three games in the Eastern Conference Finals the only Points he scored has come from the free throw line. But Mo, he scored points in the fourth quarter, but it's only been from the free throw. He's not scored a field goal in the fourth quarter in three straight games. We're not talking about one bad game. We're not talking about shit, two bad games. We're talking about in three games in the fourth quarter. And I know guys are going to give Jason Tatum this pass. Because nah. Jalen Brown hasn't played. You know, I've been getting on him since. No, of, for course, a while. of course. And, and you getting on him, you're a Duke guy. So you, I know you want to see you want to see Jason Tatum succeed. You want to see the Duke guys. You're like me when it comes to Ohio State football. Like, bro, I'll probably be a little less on former Ohio State players because I want to see them all succeed in the NFL. But at the same time, like, hey, when a guy plays bad, like, just think about it. I've told you, I've told you know the guys in the chat, like, bro, LeBron has not played good in, in these Western Conference Finals, and it hurts me to say it because I love LeBron, but. Like, they could have won game two if LeBron did not try and be Steph James instead of LeBron James. He wants to start shooting threes. And then even in game three, he wants to start shooting threes. And it's like, bro, that is that has been the downfall in moments when y'all have had the lead or had an opportunity to take the lead and take control of the game. 
you're trying to turn into Steph Curry and shoot these but threes. But also, AD offensively has has not taken over the way he should. Defensively, he's been he's been good. You know, he's been rebounding, he's been blocking shots. But offensively, is where you needed AD to to especially in these playoffs to be like, you know, I have LeBron. You can't do this on a nightly basis, right? I, right. You're not. You can't turn you're it on. Thirty-eight like you years old, bro. You're you thir- like you are thirty-eight years old. Like, yeah, you're still like a one of the best players in the league, but you're still thirty-eight. I have to take over. He hasn't done that offensively. He hasn't done the way Murray has stepped up for Jokic. In, yeah, he hasn't instances. done it consistently. Yeah, exactly. Murray has t- taken up, you know, for Jokic when he struck, especially last game where Jokic was struggling the first three quarters. You know, AD has it offensively, so. That's you know you you need that you know and that's what takes you from being a star to a superstar and all that and yep. it's just you yep. know that's why the Miami Heat are where they're at because there's nights Jimmy's not going to be Jimmy and you know what's good you don't need him I don't want him to be fifty two points per game because I feel like that takes too much energy to do that because he's yeah, going to be yeah. tired I want go him to be I want him to be a facilitator for the fourth quarter without playing I'm yeah. happy that he walks into game three. Doesn't play a lot of minutes. He's able to rest. He played a little bit in the third quarter, and he got to sit the whole fourth quarter. As a Heat fan, I am ecstatic about that. For the ankle still a thing, too. The ankle exactly. is still a problem. And he might get a weak rest. If we do sweep the Celtics, which I think we might. I, I don't think the NBA wants to see that, but I think it's possible, no, especially it's if especially if the, if the Lakers beat the Nuggets tonight. Um, I think the Lakers are going to win tonight, but I think the I think the Heat are are I think the Celtics are. I think we smashed their soul in game three. I think I think you took their soul away. I think you took their soul away, especially when you when you win. Not just that you're up two zero, but when you're up two zero and you won both games on the road for Miami, you that's it. I I I don't think we were walking. I have to. I would have to look back in the history of the NBA and see like if a team has come back after losing the first two games on the road at home, it's yeah. probably a very low, low number. It's such so. a low percentage. The, 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 the series was in the favor of Miami anyway. But, like, I even look at it like this. Like, when we won the first two games in Boston, what I say? I said, worst case scenario, Miami walks out of Miami and goes back to Boston up 3-1. Now, yeah. granted, me saying that, I'm thinking – all right, Boston going to win game three, and Miami going to win game four. If you would have told me Miami's going to be up 30 at any point in game three, I still, as much as I love the Miami Heat, I still would have told you you're crazy for the simple fact. Like, no, Boston ain't going to go out sad like that. They ain't going to be three down 30. They're going out sad. They're going out sad, and it's it's wild because I thought Boston would come out with a lot more heart. I had Boston in six. I just thought eventually Miami is just going to get – they're just not going to have eventually enough Eventually the magic runs out. Eventually the set, everything doesn't end in a Cinderella story. Eventually yeah, the magic runs out. And, and to understand that you thought this would be the series where, like, it was more meant for Jason Tatum to be in the finals and get his get back after kind of folding last year while being in the NBA finals up 2-1. And, and, and that game seven versus Philly, like, he, he, he had that superstar moment. What, he had 50 – Two points, whatever you had. They they absolutely destroyed, you know, M- the MVP's team, and they may have took the soul out of Philly, and they just didn't have a match that at all. And, and what did just, everybody say when Jason Tatum scored that fifty-one? They're like, even me, I'm like, oh shit, like this is the time when Jason Tatum, damn, he about to get rolling going into Miami. He has so he true, yeah. blood. He smells blood. But you know what's crazy? I'm starting to understand he's not that type of player that smell blood. So I want to so so still speaking on Boston, I want to ask you this question. And I think this is a very controversial question. I think this is a very controversial conversation. Joe Mazzula, right? And I said this last night. I don't think Joe Mazzula should get fired. I don't. But we're having they're down 3-0, and there's been conversation even today. Brian Windhorst reported that prior to last night, I would have told you Joe Joe Mazzulla's job is secure. After last night, there's a possibility he could be fired. We're in a wave of NBA coaches being fired. We just watched Monty Williams, Coach Bud, and Doc Rivers. Whether we justify those guys, and Nick Nurse, whether we justify those four guys being fired, we're talking about prominent head coaches 
who have had success in the league, who have gotten their teams to playoffs consistently. Now, whether they got the ultimate success, obviously only coach Bud has a championship recently. Um, Monty Williams took his team to the finals recently and lost in six. Nurse got one in 19. Yeah, and, and Nurse got one in 19. So, like, we're talking about three We're talking about three to four coaches who have gotten fired have championships in recent memory. We're talking about in the past five years, and now they're looking for other jobs, and I think all of them will get other jobs, except I think Doc just seems like he's not a hot name on the list right now, and it could be he could go to be in the booth. And I would love to hear Doc in the booth and be an analyst on TNT or ESPN. Oh, he's going to kill it in the booth. I think he'd be perfect there. Um, and and I, I wouldn't be upset with him getting a head coach head coaching gig. I'm just trying to find where the right spot is for yeah. him. But that's another. I think his, I think his voice has just, it's um, it's just people are just really tuned out. And I don't think you get, teams are going to get. It's as dried out as he sounds. His voice yeah. is as dried out as the cigarettes really, that it sounds like he smoked. Like. You know, it's crazy. His voice never used to be like that. And someone did a YouTube video on his, like, the transformation of his voice. Ah, he definitely smoking a couple of new Hey, them today. cigarettes. Them ci- you know me. I'm big on calling yeah. people out on smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, around there. Them new shorts in the box then got to him. I'm just saying. But I want to ask you this. If, if Joe Missoula was to get fired, we're going to play the hypothetical. He gets fired, right? All right. They get swept. He gets fired. How detrimental is that, that you are going to be looking, and I know looking for your, if we put it in context, and I want to put it in context, the Boston Celtics would not be looking for another head coach had Ime Adoka not did what he did, right? So so that's context of why they're on their second coach in the past two years. But if Joe Mazzula, I think- And also the coach of Utah, I, I, I forgot his name. I, I literally would just- Quinn Snyder? No, no, um- uh, I forgot bro's name, but he would probably be the, the coach had he not taken, I think, uh, the Utah job. I forgot yeah. his name. I, I have to. Yeah, I know I know who you're talking about. I forget his name, too. But I let think me- he was second in line. So Missoula was probably third choice. Is is if you're a Boston Celtics fan, are you concerned if you fire Missoula? Because no matter who you replace him with, what do we know when head coaches come in? Now, good good thing they're not getting new ownership because then we'd be like, oh, shit, Boston is in trouble. But if Missoula gets fired, you're talking about a team with a borderline superstar, another all-star player, all-star caliber player who looks like he doesn't want to be in Boston. You're talking about possibly a new head coach thinking about taking the gig where Boston could be blown up because Jalen Brown could be out the door. Is that a bad precedent for Boston in the situation they are where they went to the finals last year? They're in the Eastern Conference finals. They went to the Eastern Conference finals in the bubble. So we're talking about who's had more success than Boston in the past four years. The only other team that matches up with the same amount of success without winning a championship is the Miami Heat because they went to the finals in the bubble. They w- they were in the Easter Conference Finals and lost in seven last year to Boston, who goes to the finals. And now Miami and Boston reverse, where they're ba- they're both back in the conference finals again in back to back seasons. And this time it looks like Miami is going to go, and Boston doesn't go. But you're talking about a team who's been to back to back conference finals and could be if Missoula gets fired, looking at their third coach in three years. How bad is that set for a precedent when you got? a borderline superstar and a very good all-star who on any given night could be a borderline superstar looking for new contracts. Does that, that, that matters, right? Like that's a big thing, right? Yeah. And if I mean, they don't buy into Missoula, that makes it even worse because these are a borderline superstar and an all-star player who's looking at trying to get a new coach amidst them trying to sign these super max contract extensions. I think yeah. Boston is in a world of trouble, especially because Jalen Brown has told us and he said some things and we've seen his body language and we've read in, we've read what he said within words. It don't even seem like he has zero plans of re-signing with Boston. So Boston will have to spend the offseason possibly trying to max how much they can get for Jalen Brown while, while telling Jason Tatum, we want you to sign here, you know, and remain here for the next five years. And we build around you while also having a third head coach, in three years, and possibly, who knows, if we don't have uber success in the next two to three years, your last two years of your contract, you might be on another coach. Jason Tatum could be looking at 
by the time if he signs a contract extension, Jason Tatum through his supermax could have gone through five different head coaches. For a prominent franchise that has won championships in every decade, for a prominent franchise that knows nothing but success in playing for finals and playing for championships, we're talking about a superstar. This prominent franchise could be playing for five different head coaches in a matter of seven years. Is that not a big deal and cause for concern in Boston? Well, yeah, like their whole situation is, you know, obviously since the since Brad Stevens stepped down and went to the you know, went to the front office and, and chose, you know, Yudoka to be the coach. And then obviously that whole situation kind of obviously messed things up because then Will Will Hardy, who was probably would have been next in line to be the coach, he takes the Utah job because Danny Ainge connections with them. You know, and then obviously Missoula takes – my thing is with, with Boston, if – I understand there's a lot of good coaches that are available and they probably didn't expect that. So maybe they're like, oh, maybe it's the coach – I kind of think the coach, the coach thing gets very, you know, overblown as far as why this team hasn't failed. Like, I don't think that's why. I think sometimes, especially in the NBA, in college, as a as a coach, you get to pick, you know, your groceries, right? Mm-hmm. You, you pick your players and all that. Yeah, and then you to me, you they get more blame as far as why a team fails. In the NBA, sometimes you just gotta be like, hey, I could coach the hell out of this game, but if Jason Tatum isn't hitting shots and not take one to take shots. And I'm trying to get him shots. I, I there's only so much I could do as a coach. I don't care if I'm Phil Jackson. I don't care if I'm Pat Riley. I don't care if I'm red hour back. Like there's only so much I could do as a coach. So I yeah. feel like we tend to blame coaches way too much. It's just easy because you're not going to fire Jason Tatum. You're going to fire the coach. Yeah, you're not going to trade Tatum. You're going to you're not trade the coach situation. Exactly. So what's the easiest yeah. solution? Especially with these coaches coming up, I could see that. But if you don't, if you didn't think Missoula was the guy, you should have never gave him the permanent tag. You should have just kept him the interim, let the season play out, and and then, back to the drawing board. Especially and, this, the wrong off season to do it because there's some damn good coaches out there available. Exactly. Right now. exactly. So now you have a situation. I mean, you're gonna get another coach. You know, this would be the fourth coach in four years that you're gonna have. So it's like. Do we do this, especially with the whole thing with Jalen Brown, you know, the weirdness of that situation and kind of keep Tatum happy because that's the guy who's our who's our star. That's our marquee prize. So the Celtics have a lot to figure out. I, I, I they you know, the Marcus Smart, I feel like he he's not the player he was last year. I feel like. There's too many instances where he's hurting the team, where he just makes plays where you're like, what are you doing? And I just feel like the Jalen Brown situation has we saw this, we saw this coming, and now it's just it's coming to you know, now it's just blowing up, and it's like, oh, they cannot bring him back next season. So regardless, they, I'm surprised they, they may have gotten this far. I thought the Sixers were gonna take it, but obviously they falter because they don't got dogs on them. But this team doesn't have a lot of dogs in the mini, right? And and it just seems like they're they're um they're not fighting and you know, uh, they're just, they gave up last game. Like this shouldn't have happened. And they quit last, they quit. And that's why I'm like, Miami took their soul. And I think it's, they, Miami might've possibly get another coach fired and ruined another team's future. And it's crazy to think that an eight seed can do that. But you might Boston, if I was, if you're going to put me as the GM of Boston, I would still rock with Missoula because he could be the next great young head coach. And, you know, but with all the new co- the coaches that are available, we, we haven't really seen an offseason where we have championship-level coaches who, or, or coaches who have been to championships be available. So yeah. if you're Boston, you might be like, man, Missoula, we don't know if he's that, that guy. Maybe he was just – he wasn't ready yet. Maybe he in a year or two, maybe he would have been ready if he was, you know, the second guy, you know, the, the next guy in line on the bench, be the top assistant and, and understand. But, you know, they, they got a lot to figure out because I don't think you can – go back next season, you know, as, as is, especially with the Jalen Brown situation. I feel like he's, he's kind of just absolutely he's out the door right now. He, he's just, he's not in it. And he wasn't a guy that even with, you know, when he was right, like that you had a true dog in him. And if you got two guys like that, who are think they're two alphas, it's hard. It's hard to have two wings too. like, have listen, look at the Clippers. 
Like it hasn't worked out. Now that's for health, but we, it's hard to have two wings who are kind of the same player, you know, work. It doesn't really work that way. And especially the way the roster when you got Marcus Smart, who's not really a point guard. He's more of a two, but he's not really a two because he can't shoot. So he's kind of like a tweener. And then you have, you know, you know, Robert Williams in and out because he has injuries and all I don't know, the roster. It needs a little tweaking. Like it's crazy. They're so close to being, to being champ, a world champions, but they're also like close to being middle of the pack. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very weird, they're in a situation they're good enough where, like, where they're going to fall in like that three or four seed in what, the Eastern conference. What? It, they're, they're, in those situations, when you get to the three, four seed, the next year turns into five, six. Yeah. And then it just you start running down. You don't, you don't want to as opposed you don't to keep going back. This year you get to the conference final. Last year you were a couple plays away from being world champions, right? They could have won. Like if you they maybe should have won the world championship last year the way they played. Mm-hmm. And then Steph and Clay, you know, they did their thing. But now this year you get swept possibly. Let's say they get swept. So you get swept next year. What if you don't even get out of the second round? Now it's a, now you're going backwards, and that's the thing that you have to be afraid to do. Now you have to figure out, okay, we can't keep going backwards because that's not good because Brown's a free agent after next season. You kind of have to figure out a way this offseason to get back in championship because the Sixers, because you know the Sixers are they they're not going to be a threat possibly with with the, the team. Mm-hmm. No way they might not be a threat. You know. Milwaukee situation where they got a couple free agents, they might not be as serious a threat. Like it's still the the Miami Heat might be. You have to, you know, the, your biggest threat. So like, it's still there. Like you can still get to a conference. So you have to figure out a way to get change that one thing that can help you get back. Well, you what the what Denver did. Remember Denver, their situation. They got rid of Jeremy Grant, right? Mm-hmm. They got rid of him, and then they're like, they went the next few years, and they're like, oh. Guess what we needed? A Jeremy Grant type player. They go trade for or um Aaron Gordon, the type of player who, who maybe at the time wasn't as good as Jeremy, but he fit the profile what they needed. Yeah. They get him, add a few pieces, and now they're a game away. They needed that, but they realized, man, we messed up by getting rid of the piece that helped us get as far as we got. And now we need that and we've got that. So you a Denver figured it out before they would have went. Cause I feel like if they don't make that piece and make those little pieces. We might be talking about Denver in this situation. Now they're ascending. For Boston, they have to figure it out. Or else they could just keep falling and falling. And then guess what? You lose Jalen Brown, possibly. And then you lose Jason Tatum. And now you're back, you know, before you got the big three in 2008. You know, so you don't want to – you got you got to figure a way to keep – because they, they still have a championship-level team. But there's something missing in that core. You have to figure out what's missing and see if it's Jalen Brown and we just get a bunch of other guys that just fit more shooters around them, around Jason Tatum, or or maybe you get another star that's just a better fit. Boston has to figure things out because you don't want to be bound next year. You're a four or five. And then, because then that happens. Now you're like, oh, it, it, everything's are going backwards. And now, then we're going to talk about, well, they got to rebuild. And, and now it's, oh, now we got to rebuild for five years. And, you know, so you don't want to be in that situation. So it's going to be a tough soft off season for a lot of teams. Like, but Boston, you know, they have if they make that right move, they could be back in the we could be talking about them in the finals next year. But if they don't, we're talking about them getting bounced in the first, second round. And now it's like, oh, the clock's ticking on Tatum. Forget Brown. Tatum is your is your whole is your uh, Paul Pierce, your Larry Bird. So things gotta get figured out in Boston, you know. And I think the scary thing about Boston is it's always nice when you're a team who you feel like you're one move away from being really competitive and ultimately essentially getting out of the East and winning a championship. But Mm -hmm. the problem is come next year of everything you said, I'm looking at the East and you're like, Philly might fall off. Right. And Miami could be your main competition, but you're also talking about the New York Knicks who had really good success and is more on the up and up than spiraling down. And so they're going to try and figure out some off-season moves, whatever that may be. I don't want to get into what that could be, but they're going to try and make some moves. They're going to try and improve that roster because they seem they got something in in Jalen Brunson, so let's make some shake. And now you're talking about Cleveland, who as good as that roster was, we just said they were this year they'd be good, 
and they lost to the Knicks, but like we're like they're a year away from really being competitive and being some in the Easter Conference. They could run it back with this same roster, and I think Cleveland will be a lot better next year just for running it back with the same roster. We talk yeah. about the Miami Heat, who at the end of the day, it seems like no matter what moves they freaking make, I mean, they could win the championship this year. But even if they don't, no matter what freaking moves they make, you just have to buy into the fact Miami's going to be a really good team come April and May. They're going to be a team that we have to worry about come playoff time. You're talking about Toronto who could make some moves and essentially like gut their team with getting a new head coach. But you're also talking about that team who they could pass on some, some players to fellow Eastern Conference teams. Like everybody ain't just trading opposite conference where they're going to build back the West and drop down the Eastern Conference. So we got a lot of teams who got some questions, but I think those questions with a lot of those teams are all starting to be answered. You might have, you, you might have two guys worth $700 million. I just, I can't see a world where I'm paying two guys duration of their contract almost I think 700 whatever the, like their maxes are something it's like like combined it'd be it, like it is almost six I don't know if I could do that and especially with the new tax rules and all that where you're you're kind of getting penalized for being a good team I don't see a world with that where Jaylen I can't Brown do it when those two haven't won a championship yet and now I if you're the Warriors if you're the Warriors and even the Warriors owner said that yeah the I might have to do some because, you know, this is getting a little expensive. You know, yeah, they brought chance, but it's one thing if that's you're the Warriors, you're you're probably as an owner willing to 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 pay into the luxury tax and all that. But you got to be bringing me championships. If you're not bringing me championships and yeah, you got to the finals, that's cool. Yeah, we get to the conference finals. But I want if I'm an I want chance. If you're not doing that, I can't pay 600 and whatever 50 million dollars to two guys and, and and not get a championship out of this. So I can't dig into my pockets and not get a ring on my finger. I, if I don't got that ring on me, you know, I don't know if this is worth continuing. And we're going to see a lot of that. You know, the Clippers, I think, are going to be in a situation like that. It's like now they're in a different situation because they have a new arena. So they might want to keep this core maybe with those two guys because you want to go into the new arena with, you know, some type of, you know, momentum and star power. You yeah. can't go in with like, yeah, we just we got nobody. You know, we got uh BJ Boston and, and Norman Powell. Yeah. And here you go, guys, new stadium. And like we're still the second team in this in the state. You know, we're we're in you know the second LA team. So there's this, but I think if I think Boston's re- going to make a major move um and then try to, you know, Jalen Brown. I don't I if I had to say I don't think Jalen Brown's on this basketball team next season. No, I think it's I think it's more it's Jason Tatum and then you get a John Collins and Bogdanovich or you know something uh, John Collins. Well, we just talked about the Miami Heat and the and the Denver Nuggets, right? Both teams that don't have soup like star level two player, their number two guys on their team, right? Miami might not they got two guys. Some people might even consider Jimmy that you know only to the playoffs where he's a star, right? But like. And Denver, they got Jokic, and there's no other all-star. Tech, there's no other all-star. So the, there might be a new wave, like, hey, we maybe we don't, in the new wave in the NBA, you don't need two super, you know, star, high-level all-stars on your team. It's just like, hey, maybe it's, maybe let's try something different. Let's rock with Tatum as our guy, and let's just get, like you said, maybe Bogdanovich, you know, who can shoot the ball, and John Collins who could do a little bit of everything, the dirty work that you need. And it's going to get in people's faces and all that. And and you'll have the Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. And, and you still have the rest of your pieces, right? And then Nari will be coming back next year. Like, you'll have a lot where yeah. you're like, all right, we're that, I don't know if that's a, that's a, if that's the if that's the way they go next year, like, that might be better. You know, because if you surround Tatum with shooters and all that, and, like, that might be the wave to go. Like, I don't think you need, like I mentioned earlier, you don't need to, to these superstar level teams. Like, it's not the Heatles. It's not what the Miami Heat did back in, you know, and maybe that was even risky because you 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 went all in on three guys and then like you had to fill in the bench with minimum guys and hope guys would come to you guys on on cheap contracts. So, but I think that might be the way Boston needs to go. But uh, they they have a lot to figure out this offseason. And you know what? I'm a Knicks fan. You're a Heat fan. If they can't figure it out, oh well. 
That's one less. Oh, uh, if, if they're if they're if they're a peg down, that just means that's just better off for our team. Cheers. And, yeah, next year, cheers. and next year we could beat you finally in five in the conference finals. My thing is, <laughs> wait, beat who? Boston? Oh, oh the Miami Heat in five. No, no, will, no. Eventually, it will happen. Stop it. Stop it. I, mean, I mean, hey, eventually things do happen. You speak it into existence enough. You know, if if we would have seen, I, I was convinced. I was convinced. I would have rather more convinced. More convinced we would be in Miami in five than we were. I had, I had Nixon seven versus the Cavs, and I had Nixon five. I was more confident be playing the uh, Miami than the, than uh, but Cleveland. But and that I just always, but that just shows. I that just shows you guys that though. Just get it, you guys. Just it's, get it. It's you know, fair to think that though when you're talking about going in the first round and you got to play Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Like you're like, all right, that's a talent wise. Yeah, I wouldn't fear Miami if I was the Knicks or the Cavs or the Celtics or the Bucks. I wouldn't fear Miami talent for talent wise either. But what I think we're starting to see is it ain't the players that's fearing nothing. It's these head coaches stepping on the court and like, oh shit, I got to go against Eric Spolstra. And I ain't ready for that. The players ain't buying into that. They're buying into we're better than the Miami Heat players. We ain't got a bunch of undrafted guys and a bunch of unheard of guys that had to grit and grind to get their way onto starting on a roster to play in the conference finals. Mm -hmm. But them head coaches is like the way y'all are preparing. Y'all are preparing mano-a-mano matchups with players. I got to go out here and outdo this dude who's probably the best coach in the NBA right now. And it's not to take away from Steve Kerr's, not to take away from Greg Popovich. I think Pop is probably the greatest coach of all time. I think Steve Kerr for the past few years has been one of the top three. I think he's always I been. Think he, I think Steve Kerr is actually underrated as a head coach, which is kind of weird to say because he has, what, four rings as a coach? But I think we don't. But is he really underrated? I mean, I put yeah, him in, he's in I, the top three. This, com- is why, this is what I say about Steve Kerr, because I think he is underrated to an extent because we nobody gives him credit, right? It's like Phil Jackson in a way. like nobody. But he takes a lot of. A lot of the stuff he does is very Phil Jackson. Like he lets teams, he lets his team get through things, you know, and he knows how to handle personalities. Now he could wear on you over time, like we did with Phil yeah. Jackson. But to me, this is why I like Spolster so much. And this is why Pop's been, he knows how to handle personalities. Jimmy, but Jimmy, Jimmy, been able Tibbs had with issues that. with, Tibbs had issues with, with, with Butler. Other coaches have had issues with Butler, but yet Spolster has not had an issue with. Isn't isn't that Mo? He had isn't the that coincidence. Sideline. Oh, that was one thing, and that was whatever. That happens. That's competitive. That happens. That's just being a competitor. Yeah. So for the most part, he's handled Jimmy very well, and that to me is the is the, the to me in order to be a great coach in the NBA. Yeah, you got to be good, you know, with game plans and all that. But whatever, like you need your players to execute, but. You need your players to believe in you. You need to know how to handle these personalities and all that. He handled LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. You don't think Bosch was like, man, I was averaging 25. Like, I'm only averaging 16. I wish I could get a couple more shots. And dealing with LeBron James and what comes with LEBRON James, yeah, D-Wade, the expectations yeah, that come with LeBron. The expectations with what comes with LeBron James and all that. He's handled that great. That's why he's there so long. That's why Pop's been where he's been. Those that to me is what makes a great head coach. It's not just X's and O's in the game plan. It's how you handle the multiple personalities, you know, uh, throughout, you know, how long he's been there, 15 years, whatever he's long, how long he's been there. You know, he did it before the big three. He did it after the big three. He's reinvented himself. Players are bought in to him. Like you said, you don't hear nothing with Jimmy and his coach beefing or, or any instances like we heard with the Sixers and the Timberwolves or Chicago with Jimmy. You were like, oh, Jimmy bought in. Jimmy's all in. And he's bought into the mentality of his coach and all. And they fight for their coach. That's rare to do in in, in in the NBA. Yeah, you get that in college, high school, you know, and that. But in, you don't really see a lot of that. Oh, I'm going to run through a wall for my coach, and that's the mentality that the Heat have, and that's the reason why they're game away because they bought into their coach. They trust her when they look him in the eye. We always see that. You know how we always see that, like after timeout, and we always see like they're on the, you know, they're they're sitting down on the bench. And we mm-hmm. get that little glimpse of the coach. And sometimes you're like, oh, they don't need. They're just tuning boy out, right? Well, Spoh, they're like, oh, okay. They believe in him. That's what. That's why he's the best coach in the NBA. There's not a lot of coaches you could say that a, the team believes in what that man is saying. And if you have a team that believes in what that man is saying, whether it's good or bad, you're going to have success. And that's what they're doing, man. They buy, they're the, 
Mo, they're the freaking eight seed. They lost their first play-in game at home to Atlanta, who lost in six, who, who got bounced in the first round, then lose almost lose to Chicago, or, or the other way around, right? They then they uh yeah. they beat Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Almost lost, lost to Chicago. And almost lost to Chicago. You know, so like they realistically shouldn't be here. And that's because of, you know, he's a big reason why, you know, that they're here because they, they listen. They're like, all right, whatever happened in the regular season, the play in guys that it's over with it's, it's, it's in the past. We are in the playoffs. Guess what? The bucks are, it's a zero, zero series right now. Nothing matters in the regular season. That's all that matters. And they bought in. And that's, that's, that's how, you know, you're a great NBA coach when team, that's why we see a lot of these fire code, Nick nurse and all this, the guys just eventually tune them out. How long he's been there? Fifteen years, Mo. They haven't tuned boy out yet. His first year, his first year was the first year with LeBron and them. Remember, because LeBron won that. Yeah, Yeah. like thirteen years because LeBron wanted him. You know, uh, LeBron thought Pat Riley was going to come downstairs. But I mean, it's Pat Riley, like Shaq, because Shaq did it. Because remember, Shaq did that with um with uh what's his head with Stan Van Gundy. So LeBron thought because he LeBron he could do it, but but Pat Riley's like, no, that's the guy. And he found his guy, and, and at the end of the day, he's the one coach who still has his job today. He still like, he's has the one his coach job. Who came in. He's the one guy who survived LeBron. Um, he adapted. He adapted well. I got LeBron. I won a couple championships. I never got fired after LeBron leaving. My team never went too, too far in the dumps. I know we were – we had those couple years where we were in the lottery and were able to get Bam and Tyler Hero, but even still, you're talking about we picked 13 and 14. Like, you're talking about we were – on the cusp of being a borderline playoff team after LeBron went, as opposed to, oh yeah, we might get the number one pick where every other team that LeBron's left, like, you know, they look when he's left Cleveland twice, like they go down to being like, not just a lottery team and barely missing the playoffs. We talking about, they go into, you know, they're, they're arguing about, they might get the number one pick. And you're talking about Cole Sposter is back. And you're talking about the past four years, Easter conference finals, first round or NBA finals, first round knockout. Easter Conference Finals, seven games. Easter Conference Finals up 3-0. Those are the past four years of Eric Spolster with pretty much this roster. Remove a couple pieces, add a couple pieces, but we ain't talking about no stars. We ain't lost or gained and stars. Think about it. Just about the past four years, this is where and he's think at. think about it. If you don't have add Kevin Love, you might have – I think – just thinking off the top of my head, a team that doesn't have a top 10 pick on the roster, that was a top 10 pick on – I just off the top of my yeah, head, we I don't, don't think – We don't have one. Outside yeah. of Kevin Love, we don't Outside have one. Outside of no, Kevin Cody Love. Cody Zeller. Cody but Zeller. But think about it. Two two late late season additions that were top five picks Former back in the day. And picks and no, nobody crazy. else, including our star player and Jimmy Butler. So I appreciate you for jumping on, bro. We about to watch this Nuggets and Lakers game. Maybe the Lakers get swept. Maybe they don't. By the time you're hearing this, um, you know, the, the outcome for the game, we could be looking at game five for Denver LA. We could be looking at Denver heading to the NBA finals, but I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate everybody for listening. Make sure you go check out off the ball podcast. Make sure you go check out, get a bucket podcast. Also, we are in draft season and my man has made multiple, multiple appearances on Knicks fan TV. I'm sure you got a couple more in the works. So make sure you check out Knicks fans TV as if they don't already need enough subscribers Go subscribe to CP and them over there at Knicks Fan TV, especially if you want to catch my guy. If you love my guy, Chris, on my show, you'll definitely love him when he fully in, bought in on talking to Knicks. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate everybody for listening. And on that note, up in flames.